0: Thanks for checking out the Generosity Labs podcast. Generosity and giving as it relates to the church is one of the biggest and most important conversations we can have across faith communities. That's why we're here. On the Generosity Labs podcast, hosted by Kenny Jang, we will talk to pastors, consultants, service providers, and other church leaders. We're going to discuss the current trends, models, and best practices for developing giving as a robust part of your community life and how you can get a culture of generosity to flourish from the inside out. Join us every week right here for the Generosity Labs podcast. Check out www.generositylabs.org for more details and fantastic free resources made available just for you and your church.
1: Hi to all our church leaders tuning in today. My name is Kenny Jang and generosity and giving as it relates to the church is one of the biggest and most important conversations we can have across faith communities. And that's why today we have Nadine Raphael. So glad to have you on the show today, Nadine. Thank
2: you so much. Glad to be here.
1: Nadine, you've been with the Christian Life Center in Florida for the last 16 years, right? That is
2: correct, yes. So
1: I believe you served in a variety of roles, uh, as business administrator, community life pastor, and now re- most recently taken on the role of chief operating officer?
2: That's correct, yes.
1: So uh, let's just get right into it. Let's hear a little bit more about you and your church. Tell us a little bit about what your role really means on a daily basis, and what does your church community look like? If we were to come visit on a Sunday and uh, sit down in the seat and look around. What what would it look like? What would we feel like in your community?
2: Well, um, Christian Life Center has been around for over 40 years. Um, Recently, we went through a transition as our previous senior pastor, um, took the opportunity to raise up the next generation of leaders and then move out into more international missions. And so our current senior pastor, Pastor Tom Manning has been with us for five years. Prior to him getting there, it was pretty much a traditional older crowd um, that we knew. It was a strong crowd. It's been around for a long time, but we knew that we needed to connect more with younger families and young adults and things of that nature. And so over the past five years, we have morphed into just a, um, a melting pot from the youngest of young so we have a strong children's ministry our young adults is a vibrant community of over a thousand and then we have wow. from young adults to um obviously senior age so we're a population of about four to five thousand and now we're making a strong presence into the community just doing a lot of outreach events and missions events we're very vibrant. We're known for our worship style. Um, um, it's very um, engaging. Um, when people come to our church, that's the one of the first things that they talk about. So I've been here um, just transitioning with all of that, being only two phenomenal uh, senior pastors. And now my role on a day-to-day, day-to-day basis is to oversee the entire operations of the church. We have four campuses. So overseeing the day-to-day operations of wow. all of that being a lighthouse, obviously, in our
1: community as well. That's pretty cool. So uh, I think that, that and the Fort Lauderdale area is just fabulous. It's a great place to be in. Oh, yes. Um, so, um, and since you've been there for such a long time, what is the demographic span? I believe, from my understanding, in especially in that area, you have a good mix of, it's not one of those communities where it's just older, elder population or just young, dynamic um, does your church really have a cross section of decades?
2: Oh, yes. Um, not only decades, but we also have 32, um, nationalities represented, um, in our, in our, ch- our congregation, but we spend generally, we, like I said, we have a strong, um, young adults, um, presence and then our, um, our, um, um, young families, the thirties and forties, uh, age group is also very strong in our community and then obviously our senior aides. But one of the things that I do want to point out that we're, cause it's an, it's an also initiative for us. We are seeing a, a larger, uh, demographic of single parenting. Mm. And so we've used, um, you know, our church as a hub to help single parents reach out to single parents and equip single parents on how to help them parent, um, their children all by themselves. And so that's a new demographic that we're also seeing growing, not just, um, in our con- context, but also across the United States.
1: That's really cool that your church is doing that. That, or you're you're aware of the changing uh, dynamic of your community. Absolutely. Um, so let's talk about giving and uh, generosity in your church. You've got a great, compelling story. Um, tell us a little bit about that journey of transitioning donors online. And, and so, first of all, what are all the different types of ways that People can give online. Can can they can give by paper, uh, check, and cash, That's right? Correct. And do you have an offering basket that gets passed, or how does how does that work on a given Sunday? Yes.
2: Okay. So we have an offering plate that gets passed um, throughout our services, obviously. And then we do have online giving. We have text giving. We have mail-in giving. We have ACH giving. And so we've got, have about five different ways that people um, can give. With the majority still, um, we do come from a traditional background, so you do still have those that um, give by cash and checks. So when we were trying to make this transition, I'll tell you honestly, our board members were concerned. Um, Those Those that were on our staff, they were concerned because they didn't know, okay, is this biblical, you know, how are people going to respond to this? You know, the text says, bring your tithe into the storehouse, you know, how are people going to respond to this? And I was one of those skeptics. I've been around 16 years here at Christian Life Center. So I was one of those skeptics to wonder, okay, is it going to offend anyone that we're trying out some um, electronic giving? Um, but we know what we decided that we needed to provide a way for um, different ways. We have a different demographics uh, from younger to older that not everyone carries around checks like they used to. Not everyone carries around cash but for safety purposes. More and more people are using the plastic cards. And so we decided that we needed to appeal to all ages. And once we did, to be honest with you, what we saw was, um, Kenny, a large number of our congregation embraced it. And not only that, we developed, um, a new, um, pool of giving, um, for first time givers
0: that were just
2: watching online and started to give. And so we saw a bump of 20%, which was huge for us. And then we started realizing that, wait a minute. This was what we understood is that people wanted to give. It didn't matter how they give. Yeah. Giving is a thing of the heart and not a method. It wasn't so much caught up in the method as opposed as as it was God has um, inspired me to give and I want to give back to what he's given me and I want to make a difference. And so they were just open to the fact that okay, this is a convenient way for me to give and it's also a safe way
1: for me I to love give as well. Love. I love that. So um, there's so many things to unpack here. That's so good. Um, let's talk about those new givers. Um, what, so you're saying that they're people that started to give for the first time to your ministry electronically, yes. not through cash or check. Their first transaction was electronic, digitally.
2: Yes. Yes. And that's
1: accounts for up to twenty percent new audiences In, that you guys have reached.
2: That's right. Okay. That's right.
1: What do you do there for the follow up? Because, um, and are they, re- are, are you finding that they're repeat givers or is it just one and done?
2: No, no, no. They're repeat. I mean, you have your few that's one and done. They watched our service online and then they wanted to give that way. But for the 99% are repeat givers. Um, what we found was that even with our, what we thought it was going to be our younger, young adult generation, what we also found that it was just, um, families. It was young families, even in our uh, senior community. It was mm. those um, as well. And I think what people started finding, to be honest with you, Kenny, is just the convenience of it all. It's, it was just a click of a button. You know, um, they, they added us to their mobile device called CLC Giving. They named it something like that. So each time we presented a project or it was time to give in tithes and offering, they just took out their mobile devices and it was a click of a button. And I do want to point something else out that we found later on is that there were natural disasters that were coming up, emergency issues yeah. that were coming up that the church wanting to participate in, that people weren't didn't know on that particular weekend that they were going into a service where there was an, uh, uh, going to be a pull or an ask to give towards a natural disaster. So they wouldn't have been prepared, but because we provided this way of text giving, they were able to participate in the moment. Because awesome. some people would say, "Well, you know, well, I'll go home and next week I'll participate in it." But the moment is gone, the feeling, the tug of the heart is gone. So it was good for them to be able to give in that moment while they were being held. That's, be that's, that's by quite someone.
1: awesome. Yeah. So you have both directed giving and general giving. So you have the ability to. So do you have uh, special codes, or how do you know yes. if you're raising money for a missions trip or disaster? How how do how do you message that from the stage?
2: Okay, so what we would do is if we knew that we had, um, um, a giving towards Haiti or something like that, um, we would create a keyword called Haiti. We're huge on missions in our congregation. Um, we give towards local, um, statewide and international nationally, of course. Um, and so we would just create those keywords that represents those projects. So when we would present the ask ask to the congregation, we would just tell them, you know, in order to give to this um, particular project, just put the keyword um, Haiti or put the keyword um, um, flood or right. something like right. that. Right.
1: So, mm-hmm. who actually, so a couple things. Um, who, where does that planning start? Is it with the pastor? Is it a giving team, the finance? Is it the actual ministry team? In terms of, um, being able to say, hey, we should use a keyword and we should message, the, the messaging from the stage on a Sunday is so precious, right? Um, right? So what is that process internally and how long in advance does that, does someone have to lobby for that? Um, and how long does it take to actually light up a keyword so that you guys can start using it?
2: Okay, so two things. So it's basically three individuals. It would be the senior pastor, the business administrator, and myself. And so once we know that there's a project coming up um, we'll go ahead and just get together to say, Okay, what's the best word for that? And it right. could be a text, it could be an email, it's, it's very minuscule.
0: Yep. Um,
2: but sometimes we have given in the moment. Uh, my senior pastor sometimes can be very spontaneous, so on the from the pulpit, sometimes he'll say, Well, you know what, I just feel that we need to give towards this particular family or we need to give towards this particular project. So, our business administrator, business administrator from her phone, from her, her mobile device, can actually create the keyword while he's live on the platform and the people can give just like that towards that keyword.
1: I love that. Love that. Yeah. So what what system are you using for that to be able to make it that easy?
2: Um, we use CCB, you, you, you mean the background um, information yeah. for database? Yeah. We use um, um, Church Community Builder, which is CCB,
1: which right. integrates with… Right. the major with, players for the church management yes. systems. And then for the text to give, what service are you using for there? Kindred? Kindred, yes. Um, they use a smart giving platform. So, um, does Kindred… Uh, let's talk about the back office operations there, right? So just some logistics. Um, let's nerd out a little bit. So you have Kindred Giving. People, um, you message from the platform, people give on a Sunday. How Correct. do you reconcile that into the CCB you know, donor profile? What's the process? Is, those, is there a data entry team? Um, how do you actually hook up the two systems together? Is that easy, hard? Okay. At
2: one point, it was difficult before we started using um, Kindred Text Giving. Um, because what would happen is um, people will give online through our third-party giving system online before we had text giving. And then we would have to match that person, um, enter them into the system, and it would just be a little cumbersome. Through text giving, um, their name through the, the kindred um, um, back, uh, um through their, whatever the, uh, the back system that they're using. Right. Um, it automatically matches the person in our CCB d- database.
1: Oh, it so it's not a manual process.
2: No, 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 no. Now, if the Kindred system cannot find this person because it was a first time giver. Right. In our CCB database, it puts them in a holding pattern to let us know. These are your first time givers and we can actually... Gain their information through Kindred because Kindred has stored their information and actually add them now to our database, so we can send them a thank you letter. Wow. We can send them their giving statements. So it has really helped us to stay in contact with our first-time givers.
1: Yeah, I like I like it when I mean that's what computers are supposed to do, right? Technology is supposed to make our lives easier. When you can integrate all that, that's great. So you don't have so you don't have multiple databases that you need to look into for someone's giving history.
2: Oh no. No, we just have one database, which is uh, CCB that we can actually look at their giving. We can print out their statements. We can email their statements and it has every way that they've given. So sometimes a person may give cash. Sometimes that same person may give a check and sometimes that person will text. So all of that is is combined into onto their giving um, statement.
1: And okay. So and the CCB profile has all that history in one place. Yes. yes. Great, great. Does. And then, so um, you said that the text giving is actually something that people have embraced. A large percentage of your congregation actually ends up giving by text. What percentage is that at this point?
2: Well, it's 30%, a little bit above 30% wow. um, that has embraced um, the giving. And I mean, it started out, it trickled in. It started out about 5 to 10%. And as we kept, I think it was important for the senior pastor to continue to present it from, um, his speaking platform, and then to encourage them too that this was a safe way of giving. Um, Kindred also provided us with just a very clean, um, um three step process of how the, the, um, member from the congregation can get their, um, giving set up through text. And once we played that video in our, in our Sunday morning services, um, it was just easy for everyone else to follow suit.
0: And so now
2: it just continues to grow, and even in our in our in our giving society, people are just more comfortable now with um, carrying around a plastic as sure. opposed to a sure. checkbook.
1: Now you said twenty percent new givers in your community, which means it must be pretty easy in terms of instructions. It's not some yes. complicated, you know, manifesto they have to go through in order to figure it out. So, on a given Sunday during your offering time, literally, what? How do you message that text to give? Is it on the screens? Do you play that video every single week? Is it on envelopes? Is it in the bulletin? What are you literally saying to get people to understand how to text to give?
2: Okay, so several different ways because people learn through different methods. And so what we've done, we've placed the video of how to give on our website. Okay. In our um, On our envelopes, our tithing envelopes is also the, the simple steps, three simple steps on the back of that envelope so that they can give there as well, you know, um, if they're given by check, but they can also know that they can give by text in our tithe talk. We also communicate the number on a screen while we're doing our tithe talk. And we'll just simply say, um, we have different ways um, for you to give. It doesn't matter which way you choose. All is honored by God. If you're given with a heart of, um, of Thanksgiving, and we'll put that number on the screen and it has the three steps right underneath the number. Um, but initially, when we were first going live with this initiative, we did play it um, the video a few times and, you know, a few weeks in our
1: services. But today, there's no need to. You just put it on. And still, first-time givers are actually lighting up. Um, so it's not like it's a complicated process, it seems. No. no not at all. Gotcha. Um, it's a very simple stuff. Okay. So looking back, you know, you said you were one of those that had hesitations <laughs> at the very early conversation level. Um and I think that's what a lot of people who are watching today listening into this conversation they're in the same place what what was one of the biggest concerns that you had back then is it logistics is it finance is it the the percentage is it the theology what what was what was the largest obstacle in your mind when you were thinking about that process for your church the theology piece um i had i
2: thought that um there was a lack of, um, um, it wasn't personal. Mm. Um, so I, I, I attached given to, I don't know, I guess because I was raised old school in the church that you put it in the offering yeah. plate. Um, so I was caught up on the method and not the heart. And so once I reconciled that scripturally that God cares about the heart and he does things differently and he's doing a new thing um, um, and that we can't box yes. God in to say that this is the only way it can be done. Once I um, I jumped over that hurdle, um, I realized that I could have been the blockage of um, allowing people to participate in an act of worship, um, given is an act of worship. And I didn't want to come between no. that.
1: So um, and then one final question about the actual experience um, has total giving, giving gone up, down, stayed the same? Has there has there been a sacrifice? Has giving gone down? Is it good? What is it like today?
2: Um, our giving has increased every year. Really, every year, yes, every year we see a steady climb. We're at the close of 2016. We had our budget meeting actually yesterday, and just thanked God for um, the increase that He has um, granted to our church body. And so, we have steadily um, climbed um, in our giving and in our congregation generosity.
1: And so, um, one of the other obstacles people talk about is that people are unwilling to give large amounts via text. Have you uh, seen that as the numbers come in, or is is it only small digit giving that's coming through text?
2: No, people give their tithe um, through the text. Um, Some people tithe monthly, some people tithe weekly, bi-weekly we actually have a cool story. Um, there was someone that was watching, we have a heart for the house, which is our vision day, um, 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 sermon series where we just, um, go all in and sacrificial giving. And someone was watching us online. I forgot what country that they were in, but they weren't in the United States and gave $15,000, wow. um, through an online giving. And so, um, we, ha- we were shocked. We thought, okay, this isn't real. You know, it's, it's going to come back saying This was a mistake, you know. Um, but no, it was real. And so people are willing to give if the cause is there and if God is tugging at their hearts. I don't think it's a matter of the process. I think it's, again, it goes back to the heart.
1: Yeah, I love hearing stories like that. Technology enabling ministry to reach worldwide and come together as one body. That's a great story, great story. So thank you so much for your time. Let's end this interview with a lightning round of questions if you're ready, Nadine. Okay, I'm okay. Ready. So a lot of leaders are watching and listening today because they want to learn. They want to up their game. What's one good book, conference, or other resource that you might have stumbled upon or have been using recently that you can share with our audience today?
2: Well, I actually subscribe to Harvard Business Review. Um, I'm a COO. And so it's just good for me to know what's the latest technology, what's going on out there in our world. I find that um, even outside of the church, um, people give towards charity. And I want to see what compels the person who's not following God to give towards charity organizations. And so learning from different scopes and not just in the church context, but outside the church context has helped me um, further the initiatives within our church and the kingdom.
1: I love it. I'm actually a subscriber to HBR. I love that. Oh, cool. Okay, so what's one big thing that you're looking forward to in the year 2017 regarding your church community?
2: Um, I'm looking forward to more community presence. Um, um, We do a lot of community outreach. I I would like to see us go further, not just um, in the inner city. We're strong in the inner city, but also to... um, um, You know, those individuals that are in the homeless shelters, those individuals um, um, that are not even struggling financially, but they may be void of God and don't know it. And so I want us to see us partner more with different organizations to see how we can help our community um, and give hope in the light. Especially in these times, there is just a lot of
1: hopelessness. Uh, I I love hearing that. that. Great. The third question is, where are you getting your inspiration and education around giving and donor development? Where do you look to at this point?
2: Um, I know this is going to sound cliche, but I'm sorry, Kenny, it's the honest truth. I actually look to the word of God. Mm. Um, um, I see that giving was God's idea. And so um, everyone that he's ever touched their heart, um, they, they became givers. And so if I look at... Throughout Scripture and see that um, not only did God compel people to give, but He Himself was a giver. Then that helps me too to to know how to provoke um, generosity in others. Um, I gotta say this as well, Kenny. Sometimes we are afraid to ask people to give, um, and it's actually what people are waiting for yes. is the ask. Because sometimes they see a big church or they see a thriving church and they say, "Oh, they don't need my financial help." And so if we present um, um, the cause in front of them or we present the opportunity in front of them, um, people are ready to respond.
1: That's amazing. Thank you so much for all your insights So If people today wanted to get in touch with you, what's the best method to do that?
2: Well, I have a Facebook account. Um, It's Nadine Raphael on Facebook as well, Um, obviously, forward slash. Um, dot com. And then I also have my email, Nadine at clcftl.org.
1: Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being on the show today with us. Thank you
2: for having me, Kenny.
1: And it's thanks good. to our audience for listening into our conversation on digital giving and the church. Hope this episode has been useful to all of you. Do me a favor and like this episode and review us on the podcast. On iTunes. Um, it really helps us reach more church leaders across the country on such an important issue uh, that affects the future of the church. Well, that's a wrap. I'm Kenny Jang for Generosity Labs. Till next time, check out our website at GenerosityLabs.org. And remember, when we give from the heart, that's where the real giving starts.
0: Thank you for joining us on this week's episode. Don't forget to join us every week right here for the Generosity Labs podcast. In the meantime, visit www.generositylabs.org for more details and fantastic free resources for you and your church.